Welcome to My Patriot Brain, the show that unleashes all that freedom and liberty locked away in my synapses. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Mather. Today is Thursday, March 30th, 2023. I'm coming to you from behind the MPS Behavioral Science Analytics microphone. Thank you for downloading this episode. Uh, it's Thursday, right? It's, it's Major League Baseball opening day. I'm excited. Uh, the first pitch is at 12.05 Central Time, uh, Atlanta versus um, Atlanta Braves versus the Washington Nationals. The uh, San Francisco for, uh, San Francisco for, uh, San Francisco Giants also play the uh, New York Yankees uh, at 12.05. So those two games are going to lead off the, the opening day. Uh, I think they're both on Major League Baseball Network. I'm not sure. I know that the Braves game at least is going to be. Usually they'll switch back and forth a little bit. Um, either way, that's the, the beginning of it. And then there's a, a slate of other opening day activities the rest of the day. Uh, in golf news, uh, here locally, uh, former Edmund Memorial golfer Taylor Moore won the PGA's Valspar Championship uh, back on March 19th. So congratulations to him. Uh, he played golf at the University of Arkansas after playing at Edmund Memorial. Uh, and we're excited to have another uh, PG PGA Tour event champion uh, that uh, spends time out here in Oklahoma. Uh, speaking of Oklahoma golf, follow, following on the success of the PGA Championship that was at Southern Hills um, in Tulsa last spring, um, in, in 2022, uh, the Live Golf Tour is coming to Tulsa May 12th through 14th at Cedar Ridge, Gol uh, Cedar Ridge Country Club. So I'm looking forward to you know, I got to go to the PGA Championship last year, uh, looking forward to possibly getting out to the Live uh, Golf event this year, too. Uh, the Biden administration has forced the Department of Defense to provide abortion services. Uh, they, they, they can't legally use federal dollars to pay directly for abortion. So they're uh, giving time off, travel reimbursement to go to an abortion state if the state that the, the soldier is in doesn't have an, uh, access to abortions. Uh, and Senator Tommy Tuberville, former Red Raider head coach, uh, Republican senator, is having none of this. Uh, and he says he's going to hold up all Department of Defense civilian flag and general officer nominations in the Senate. Uh, he, what he's going to do is he's going to force them to consider each of these nominations individually instead of in batches. So they can still get pushed through, but it's going to take a lot more time and effort on the Senate floor to do it instead of just here's a batch of 50 people um, vote yes, no on, on them as a group. They're going to have to sit down and have have uh, hearings and discussions of every one of them. So, um, you know, kudos to Tommy Tuberville for holding the line on that illegal activity that the Biden administration is trying to have the Department of Defense do uh, and immoral as well. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit today about a, there's a new study out on why some people are always hating on celebrities. Uh, so it looks at the psychological factors that are involved in hating celebrity culture. So not just particular celebrities, but just the culture of celebrities in, in general. Uh, the study was called Measurements of Measurements and Correlates of, Measurements and Correlates of Celebrity Culture Hate, uh, published in Psychology of Popular Media, uh, 2023, Volume 12, Issue 1, pages 10 through 19. Uh, it examined hatred at the intergroup level uh, towards celebrity culture in general. So why a person might hate celebrities as a, the culture of celebrity. Uh, in doing this, they created the Celebrity Culture Triangular Hate Scale. Uh, and they used a cross-cultural sample, a cross -cultural sample. so they used Iranian and American uh, samples, which is about as cross-cultural as you can get. They found that celebrity culture hate was significantly associated with psychological variables that included things like humility, so the person, not the, not the celebrity, but we're talking about the, the characteristics of the person. Uh, a person's humility, a person's uh, personal relative deprivation, so how kind of deprived they are of resources relative to others, uh, their perceived victimhood, so how much they perceive themselves as a victim, uh, and perceived threat, how much they perceive themselves to be threatened. And so those were factors that, that um, 
associated with somebody's hatred for um, celebrity, the celebrity culture. Uh, they found that hatred towards celebrities predicted celebrity bashing, so actively talking badly about celebrities. Uh, you know, a person's hatred predicted them actively bashing celebrities. Uh, they found the effects were similar across cultures for both the Iranian and the American samples. Uh, this makes sense, right? Some, so looking at these variables, someone who's more humble sees celebrities showing off and they hate them. Somebody who has very little sees someone with extravagance and wasteful lifestyles and hates them. And, and hatred is the word here, right? This is the, the construct that's being measured. So I'm not just trying to throw the word hate out there. This is what's being measured. And someone who sees themselves as a victim or is being threatened is jealous of celebrities for having a, a perceived easy life. Uh, the more I think about it, you know, what, what reasons are there not to hate celebrity culture? Never mind. A wise man once said, don't hate the player, hate the game. To the Patriot Brain Line, uh, I'm going to preface this listener's um, comments that they left uh, with a, a little bit of, about life history theory. So life history theory says that we've got fast life strategies uh, and fast life strategies and slow life strategies. So fast life strategy people um, take more risks uh, because the resources are uncertain in their lives. So maybe they grow up without a lot and, and they, don't, they can't have the luxury of planning long term. Um, what they've got to do is they've got to try to make decisions right away for what's going on right now in their lives. So they're not able to plan out longer and delay gratification. They have to kind of uh, take the bait right now. Um, slow life strategy people um, are, are less, they're more risk averse. They can plan longer. They can delay gratification. They can save up money and go to school for a, a longer term career uh, because resources for them are plentiful. Uh, and then another thing I want to mention is the marshmallow test of self-regulation, which is you know, based on self-regulation with kids where they put a marshmallow in front of them until they get more if they wait longer and see who can, can't take it and grabs the, the marshmallow. Uh, it's a test of self-regulation and delayed gratification. So, listen, so with that kind of prefacing this, listener Chris in South Oklahoma City said, the World Economic Forum are slow life strategists who want to control the daily life of fast life strategists and think that they should be put into power to do that because they passed the marshmallow test. I was considering how fast life strategists could potentially be more prone to take outcome variables, uh, such as earning disparity uh, as an indication of systemic discrimination, but could also be less likely to value suppositional variables, such as individual choice, as predictors for those same outcome variables. The fast life strategist outcomes in the first place would potentially cause that bias. After all, if circumstances are good, they don't need to plan. And if cir circumstances are bad, what good is planning? According to their strategy anyway. Then I thought about the left elite being slow life. This leaves the fast life open to a unique socio-political manipulation. The system is corrupt. I can fix it if you help me take control. You, you will own nothing, but you will be happy. Uh, I thought this was interesting to, to kind of frame this in the life history theory uh, work. Uh, I really think that where this may have some merit is when you're pulling out separately uh, the liberal elites being um, slow life strategists instead of fast life strategists. Uh, and then using uh, that disparity to kind of predict how they would would work. But thanks for thanks to Chris in South Oklahoma City. I think this is an example of, of how I think I have probably the most uh, the smartest, most well read listenership uh, of any podcast out there. And thanks for sending that. Listener in East Texas said, "Given academia's left wing bias and psychology's woke entrenchment, what led you into the field and encouraged you to stay? As we tend to have a preference towards gravitating towards." disciplines and occupations where other people are like us. I'm curious to hear how you selected and stuck with psychology. Okay. Well, the answer to that is I, I took a psychology class when I was in high school and we had my, our high school is basically an adjunct and he came in and taught psychology. Well, he had a PhD in psychology. He taught as an adjunct at colleges and he taught our class in basically the same way that he taught 
psychology for those classes. So I got a really high quality psychology class that exposed me to, to, to psychology. Uh, it was the thing that I was the best at. I just kind of fell in love with it and the idea of understanding behavior uh, and understanding uh, cognition and the mind. Uh, I went to undergraduate as a psychology major and I had a, at Westminster College a very, very strong psychology program uh, for undergraduates there with internship opportunities and a very strong experimental psychology base, which is based in research and is also kind of unique to a lot of programs that, that usually they focus on counseling or clinical. Um, so I got to study the science of it. I, I fell in love with it every step of the way. Uh, I went to my master's program uh, at University of Central Oklahoma, uh, still did experimental psychology, loved everything about it. Um, met Mike Knight. He was the department chair at the time, and he was uh, he and I were on the same page a lot of things. Now, what's interesting with that, we were on the same page with measurement and psychology and principles of those things and everything else. Uh, he was basically a communist. I mean, and, and here, me as a conservative Republican, and we would disagree on politics sometimes, but we really didn't talk politics that much. We talked science and we had a blast and he became a very close friend of mine. Uh, and this was a, a wonderful thing for my career. Um, and then uh, I went to the University of Oklahoma, uh, studied social cognition there. I got exposed to social cognition in ways that I hadn't been exposed to it before, uh, which led me to Texas Tech, where I worked with Darcy Reich, uh, Pat DeLucia, Clyde Hendrick, Jeff Larson, uh, Dick McGlynn. All of those had a lot of influence on me. Um, you know, politically, I was probably on the opposite end of every one of those. Um, but we didn't talk about politics. We talked, most of us, one of us did, but most of us didn't. Uh, we didn't talk about politics. We talked about science. And that's what I love is the, is the behavioral science part of it. Uh, I love my colleagues at the University of Central Oklahoma. Um, again, we didn't really talk politics much. We talked science. Uh, and that's what kept me around. Uh, I love the rigor of the science and understanding the rules of, of, of the human mind and behavior. Uh, that's why the political biases that have emerged so strongly in the field are so upsetting to me. Uh, they mess up the science. The science is what I fell in love with. I'm still in love with the science. Uh, the listener in Edmond sent me an article called uh, James O'Keefe Uncovers Massive, uh, Massive Potential Money Laundering uh, to Democrat Campaigns. And it was published in Red State, March 29, 2023 by Kira Davis. And so the O'Keefe Media Group, which is James O'Keefe's new group now after he got kicked out of Project Veritas, which was his group, uh, they looked at Federal Election Commission data for Democrat Fundraiser Group Act Blue. Uh, they found that senior citizens recorded um, had been recorded for over a thousand individual donations each in 2022. So, like a lot of these people were recorded as having made a thousand donations that year. And so O'Keefe tracked down the donors and, and they denied the frequency and the total amount. A lot of the amounts were, you know, eighteen thousand dollars, and people were like, "No, I didn't donate anywhere near that. I donated five dollars two or three times." And so I posted this article on True Social if you want to take a look at it. But keep an eye on the O'Keefe Media Group. I think they're going to dig up some pretty good stuff. Uh, for the Patriot Brainline, you can voice message through Spotify for podcasters, message me through True Social, or email me at the email address listed on my website, theconservativesocialpsychologist.com. Independent podcasts thrive with private investments that offset the time and financial costs of equipment, software, writing, producing, editing, and on-air talent. Please consider supporting My Patriot Brain with a small monthly donation. You can use the support button on the Spotify for Podcasters podcast page or the support this podcast URL in the show description on your other listening platforms. Thank you for listening. We are strong together. And now it's time for my closing thoughts. The idea of measuring hatred towards celebrities as a group is fascinating to me. It captures the heart of the very mechanical bias and discrimination wiring in our brains that shows that these procedures and processes are not confined to race. As I've said for years, they apply to every social category you can think of from Sooners and Longhorns to attorneys and hobos, 
or maybe today's woke dictionary requires me to refer to the unhoboless persons as the most current invented woke language term. You can expect the celebrities to gather together in massed unison to sing songs to support the aggrieved hobos because I said the word on my podcast. Never mind that they would never get together to sing church hymns, but they're always quick to get together to sing for their latest woke causes. The study shows us which people hate celebrity culture on average and why. But maybe celebrity culture is hated by some because it is odds with the values that some of us hold. Ah yes, values. Something the woke mob never really understands. In graduate school, I had I'd written a sentence about people needing to adhere to moral values, and my professor got angry and asked, what do you mean moral values? Whose moral values? I replied, if you have to ask that question, you're wrong. Till I catch you next time, play hard and have fun. Listen to My Patriot Brain on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. Follow me on Parlor and True Social. Check out my other content at theconservativesocialpsychologist.com.